The Forum at 8 on SAFM. It's 11 after 8. Thank you so much for tuning into the Forum at 8 this morning. President Goodluck Jonathan has run out of a proverbial luck as Nigeria celebrates the democratic election of General Muhammadu Buhari. Goodluck Jonathan's People's Democratic Party has been in power since 1999 and he conceded defeat to the former military leader Buhari of the newly formed All People's Congress. Now, as the country battles with militant group Boko Haram and a myriad of other challenges, we are you on the forum at eight this morning. Does General Muhammadu Buhari have what it takes to steer Africa's largest economy away from its woes? But before we get into that conversation, many are asking more about uh, General Buhari. Who is he? Well, some would say fourth time lucky for the president-elect as he ended a 12-year wait to be president of Nigeria's, uh, of Africa's biggest economy. Buhari led Nigeria almost 30 years ago after seizing power in a military coup. But just who is he? Sarah Kimani found the answers for us. 72-year-old Muhammadu Buhari was born in Katsina State, northwestern Nigeria, in December 1942. In 1963, he was commissioned as an officer in Nigeria's military. Three years later, in 1966, he was among officers who staged a coup that successfully overthrew Nigeria's first military government. APC APC GMB or Baba as his supporters call him participated in two more coups 1975 and 1993 the 1983 coup thrust Major General Muhammad Buhari into power as Nigeria's military leader it is during his 18 month rule that he cut the figure of a dictator and also intolerant to corruption. Under his watch, journalists, political opponents and activists were jailed without trial. Drug peddlers were subject to firing squads. Abun Olu Adegborua, a political analyst, remembers those days. He made a decree that ousted the jurisdiction of all the courts from challenging his decisions. So we cannot pretend not to know that we had a very tough experience in the hands of General Buhari when he was in power in 1983. In August 1985, Buhari was overthrown in a military coup. After Nigeria returned to civilian rule, he made four attempts to return to power. In 2003, 2007 and 2011, finally clinching it this year. He draws his support from the grassroots, especially in the Muslim-dominated north, seen as disenfranchised by successive regimes. Adeborua again. Over time, we have a new Buhari who accepted that it was wrong for him to have imposed dictatorship on this nation and he wanted us to accept him as a reformed democrat, as a reformed dictator who is now willing to accept democratic principles as a way of leading us into our democratic aspirations. 30 years since he was kicked out of power, Buhari is back, this time as a civilian leader. His campaign priority has been to fight corruption and insecurity. Little wonder then that voters tired of President Goodluck Jonathan's seeming non-action to corruption and the Boko Haram insurgency in the northeast of the country turned to Buhari. I believe that the war against corruption should come from the leadership. If Buhari should exhibit the character that we have known him for as a sterling patriotic and uh, a, a decent citizen of this country and statesman, other people will be able to take lessons from him. And he has no reason to fail or not to do that. The people of the North have given us the best that they can 
in General Buhari. The Muslim religion have given us one of their best faithfuls. And so, in his last attempt at the presidency, Buhari, 72, beat Jonathan, 57, hopes are high. Nigerians have proven that they can lead a ballot revolution. Will the former strongman lead Nigeria to the biblical canon? Sarah Kimani, SBC News, Lagos, Nigeria. Now the SABC has sent a team out to cover those elections in Nigeria and our foreign desk editor Sophie Mukwena standing by to tell us more about the mood in Nigeria and she is in Abuja at the moment. Sophie, good morning and what did Nigerians wake up to this morning? Well, today it's quite, it's business as usual. People are going uh, around, you know, those who are going to work, they are indeed going to work. Yesterday, last night, we saw many people uh, taking to the streets, celebrating the victory, but also, you know, people, when you talk to different people, they have kind of accepted what has transpired. Those who voted for uh, President Goodluck Jonathan has accepted, have accepted that uh, uh, President uh, elect is now uh, uh, about to take office and therefore they have kind of accepted that there is going to be a new government very soon. Given uh, General Buhari's colorful past, uh, you know, um, and now talks of him being a reformed dictator, what are Nigerians on the street saying about this? Well, in his statement in the afternoon yesterday, after he accepted a certificate from INEC, he started by mentioning that APC, his party, is not a ruling party, but a governing party. And often he likes to refer to himself as a born-again Democrat. Also yesterday, he reaffirmed his commitment to uh, subscribing to the protocols and the Constitutive Act and the guidelines of the EU on issues of good governance. And clearly, he was trying to send a message that, uh, look, here and I, yes, indeed, I have the past, but I am moving forward. I am a changed man. Therefore, it remains to be seen whether what he told many international community, indeed, he will uh, uh, exercise that or he will practice that, you know, sticking to the rule of law, but also ensuring that uh, democracy and peace reign in, in, in Nigeria, but also uh, subscribing to the international norms and standards on when one looks at good governance. Sophie, what about his detractors? What have they had to say thus far? Well, not much. I think uh, people, uh, they have accepted. They have accepted. And many people are saying, let's give him a chance. Let's see you would realize that the main problem in this country is that issue of security. You remember during the build-up to these elections, lots of stories around issue of Boko Haram in the north. And people are saying maybe him being a general, he will be able to come up with a plan or a strategy to deal with this uh, problem of the insurgents. Therefore, uh, people are mum currently, you know, it's, it's still early, they want to see what's likely to happen, and uh, many have decided to give him a chance.
Well, Sophie, we're going to leave it there for the moment. Thank you so much for that update. Uh, SABC's Foreign Desk Editor Sophie Mokwena speaking to us there from Abuja. And joining us now for a further discussion on our question this morning, and uh, might I just remind you what we are discussing, does Muhammadu Buhari, General Buhari, have what it takes to steer Nigeria, which is Africa's largest economy, away from its current woes? And joining us now is Professor Shadrach Guto, who is a professor at the Centre for African Renaissance Studies at UNISA and also legal and constitutional law expert. Thanks for your time uh, Good uh, this morning, Professor Guto. Good morning to you uh, and your uh, respected listeners. Thank you so much for speaking to us. And we also have with us... Um, Adi Tunji Omatola, who is a social-political commentator and also the founder of Guild of Nigerian Professionals in South Africa. Thanks for your time as well, sir. Good morning to you. Good morning to you. Thank you for having me on your show. Now, uh, Professor, if I can start with you. You know, um, many are talking about uh, General Buhari and, you know, looking at who he was and what he did previously. And he is now uh, referring to himself as a reformed Democrat, you know, and uh, people, should they still be skeptical about that? Because the question then is, does a leopard really change its spots? Um, thank you very much. I think that we have to start by really congratulating the Nigerians, congratulating the Independent Electoral Commission in Nigeria for the way in which it conducted the uh, elections. That's important. Uh, but to focus on uh, the president-elect general uh, retired, of course, Mahmoudou um, Buhari, uh, is to say that um, Nigeria went into electoral democracy by electing uh, a former military dictator, uh, Obasanjo, um, as the first president in the electoral system since 1999. And from that point of view, Nigerians are really... um, used to that. It's not a breakthrough, something new to them. And indeed, since um, a former military dictator started the process of electoral democracy in Nigeria, um, it is something to be celebrated, to be able to see that um, former dictators, uh, they may reflect on um, the problems that they had caused to their country, and, and uh, the democratic process, and now they are going to really rule, not as military dictators, but under constitution and the laws of the country. And uh, from that point of view, it is, of course, a challenge, but it is one that Nigeria already gives us an example in Obasanjo. So I would say that... Uh, 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 the president-elect of Nigeria really uh, has uh, a task of improving uh, on the democratic traditions now that Nigeria has joined uh, what I would call a hall of fame uh, in Africa where you have regime changes through a democratic process where people elect the leader. So it has joined countries such as Senegal, Ghana, 
Zambia, Malawi, Mauritius, and most recently Lesotho and so on, where, you know, elections can change government and without creating a crisis. Mm. Mr. Motola, what sort of hope uh, does uh, this new administration bring for ordinary Nigerians? Uh, first of all, also like Prof, I would like to congratulate Benna Buhari on his success after four attempts. Obviously, at every turn that he's contested, he's tried to dislodge an incumbent president, and he's always been very difficult. And even when he ran against Yaradua, in 2007, President Obisanjo was firmly behind uh, Yaradua. So Buhari lost to Yaradua, lost to Jonathan, and lost to Obasanjo, and now won against Jonathan. So that's very commendable. Um, but you see, we've got to be very careful about comparing General Obasanjo as he was many years ago with General Buhari. If you recall that General Obasanjo's uh, regime, in 1976 with Motala Mohammed was where we had the best foreign policy in our history. Because Motala Mohammed, who died a few months later, after he, was, uh, after he got into power, was somebody who really fought for Southern Africa's uh, independence. We did a lot uh, under Motala Mohammed and Obasanjo in Africa, especially on a foreign policy level. And with regards to General Buhari's uh, regime, there was a lot of problems in terms of uh, freedom of speech, freedom of the press. There was a lot of repression. A lot of people were jailed. Many politicians died. So obviously that was one of the reasons why uh, the, uh, people were scared of Buhari emerging as president. So we need to be a bit careful. It's a good thing to have uh, opposition emerge in Africa's largest economy so that we can have some kind of balance in politics. But you've got to also recall that PDP had a crisis, a division, and led to many of the top politicians moving over to APC. So APC on its own is not actually a true opposition because you've got five PDP governors in there. You actually have the governor of Rio State, Rotini Amechi, who used to be a governor of PDP, who's the director of Buhari's campaign. That can only happen in Nigeria. And that shows maybe the maturity also of our politics, where an incumbent government allows some of its politicians to cut carpets and then run against the same party which they got a ticket from. So I think that's concerning. Having said that, though, the Buhari, the fact that Buhari was a military president 30 years ago and now he's run four times under civilian democracy, means that he may have changed some of his ways. I think you would have seen the mistake that Obasanjo made when he was locked in battle with the parliament, when they never used, when they tried to impeach him. He would have learned a few lessons from Obasanjo. And Obasanjo has already made a statement advising him on what he should do, how much work he has to aware of on economy, security, power, agriculture. President Obasanjo has already given him advice. So I believe that Nigerians also will be vigilant. They will keep an eye on this new government because they made some pledges during the election campaign, particularly corruption and also with regards to Boko Haram. We're going into the anniversary of the missing girls on 14th of April. Mm-hmm. I think then 
So I think General Buhari will be aware of that. History is on his side, but also he has a huge burden of responsibility. He also must be aware, fully aware, that the South-South and the South-East they really give him a lot of support. So he will have to work very hard to get everybody on board because he's been out of power for a very long time. And governance is different from campaigning. And that's my take. I think uh, Buhari would do well, but it's going to be a lot of work for for him to really be able to show promise, especially in the first 100 days. Mm. And then, um, Mr. Motola, just talking about uh, Boko Haram, and um, we have we believe that uh, General Buhari himself survived an apparent Boko Haram assassination attempt. And given the international exposure that you know this has brought uh, to the northern region of Nigeria and the instability that this insurgency has caused, do you think that he has what it takes to actually deal with this problem decisively? Look, I think that uh, the Boko Haram problem, you know, it's now an international problem. Nigeria on its own, we've seen evidence, ample evidence, that force alone would not be able to crush Boko Haram. Because as you know, Boko Haram itself, they're not necessarily within Nigeria's borders. And even where they are, they're in cells. They're not sitting as a standing army. They could be part of the population. They have informers. They steal uh, women. They use women as suicide bombers. They've changed their tactics over time. So no, no standing army will, in fact, be able to defeat Boko Haram on, on their own. But having said that, with General Buhari, you've got a former military leader who's highly respected in the army because there's a hierarchy. And also you've got somebody who's from the north who's ruled over the northeast area. He was a governor about 35 years ago under, I believe, the Mutala Mohammed uh, administration. He's also um, a Muslim. I think if you look at Boko Haram's agenda, what do they want to do? They want to Islamize the North. They don't want girls to go to school. They don't believe in democracy. But now what they've got is a dilemma because another is a, is the leader of the country, is a Muslim, and he's a former military ruler, so you will understand far, probably far more than President Jonathan how to really use the assets of the military. And I think also what we've got to respect is that in the past few weeks, the government has also done quite a lot. So I think General Buhari can build on that, the successes mm-hmm. that allowed the elections to take place on March 28th. So I believe he can build on that. But speaking of the military, you know, uh, what's the state of that military that he is inheriting? We've been reading reports about uh, the, the, the military actually running away uh, under attack from Boko Haram. And, you know, many questions have been raised around that. But we have to go to a news break. When we come back, we'll continue, um, you know, uh, unpacking this particular story with our guest, Prof. Shadrach Guto and um, uh, Mr. Omotola, as we ask the question to you, does uh, the uh, president elect of Nigeria, General Buhari, have what it takes to steer Africa's largest economy away from the current woes that the country faces. So that's the question we are dealing with this morning. The lines are open 891 Just a reminder of our guest this morning, we have uh, Mr. Omatola and Professor Shadrach Guto. And also, uh, we welcome your input, uh, SMSs to the number 34701. Tweet or Facebook us at AM Live on SAFM. And that call in 
number 0911041208 and uh, we continue this discussion and we'll get to the calls in just a moment but just before the break um I was actually asking the question about the state of Nigeria's security forces uh Mr Omotola at what exactly is General Buhari inheriting at this point well, look, uh, we don't have we don't have the strongest army. We don't have the Israeli type army or the U.S. army where we have a large air force contingent, where we have a strong navy, and where we have a, a military that is rapid response and special forces and marines. But what we do have, we have tanks, we have armored corps, we have logistics, we have some very strong heavy military equipment. We also have a small size air force because i think what has happened is under the previous uh, military regimes we'll have a military that will reduce the emphasis of the air force and the emphasis of the navy because they wanted to protect themselves in power and then under the civilian administration we have a civilian government that doesn't want to arm the army because they don't want a coup so we've not really emphasized on the army Having said that, Boko Haram themselves, even President Jonathan said it, that there are people in his government who are actually Boko Haram. So it's not very easy to fight an insurgency like Boko Haram because remember also you have Nigeria, people are very ethnic, even this elections, people in the north voted for Buhari, of course, because there's a coalition in the southwest. He got votes from the Yorubas, Christians and Muslims. If you look at the South, they voted overwhelmingly for President Jonathan. Now, if you look at the army, most of the soldiers are from the North. And even the Boko Haram leadership is from the North. And that's why you see that their strongholds are in the North. But they don't have the capacity to do a campaign that goes around the country as well. Because after all, what they're trying to do is Islamize the North. And people believe that also because there's corruption in the Nigerian army, that the equipment doesn't get to the guys who really need it at the battlefront. Of course, then there's low morale in terms of the sophistication of the equipment vis-a-vis Boko Haram. I remember also Boko Haram is a determined enemy. They're ready to, to go to battle and die because they believe that when they get to heaven, 600 virgins are waiting for them. And that's why you will see that they go on suicide missions. I don't think any Nigerian soldier is ready to go and die for country at this stage because obviously that takes a lot more. If you look at the investment in the U.S. Marine, $500,000 compared to an average Nigerian soldier, $10,000. And we don't even have uh, what the U.S. has in terms of SEALs and Marines who go and do special forces like what they did with Osama bin Laden and Abbottabad in Pakistan. We don't have, we have not really invested up to that level in our army. But having said that, the support of the multinational joint task force, especially Chad, you can see the results. They've killed, they've beat back Boko Haram. They've killed so many of their men. As a result of that, we're able to hold these historic, largely peaceful elections. So I believe also that the Nigerian army now under military, well, former military ruler, will be prioritized because, after all, that's his natural constituency. And he got all the way to the rank of general. I, I believe you should watch this space.
Mm. And just turning our attention to the economy for a moment there, Prof Guto. Um, uh, Nigeria, of course, Africa's largest economy. It is Africa's biggest oil producer. But it would seem as though those benefits do not cascade down uh, to uh, the ordinary Nigerian. Uh, if you look at uh, stats that tell us that half of the population is living below the poverty line and uh, Nigerians continue to see corruption as uh, being you know, a big factor in these uh, socioeconomic conditions that they face. What's your take on that? Well, I, I would say, first of all, Nigeria is not really the largest economy uh, in Africa, at least since last year when it uh, overtook South Africa. South Africa is the second largest. and um, But also it is one of the five countries that are the major contributors to the um, in terms of finances to the African Union. Uh, it is Nigeria, South Africa, it used to be Libya, then Egypt and Algeria. And from that point of view, I think Nigeria is not just the biggest economy, but also a major contributor to having the regional body at least supported to operate, uh, even though it is not enough because the AU is still very weak. Uh, secondly, I would say in the area of um, the economy, Nigeria used to be one of the richest countries in Africa uh, in areas of agriculture. Um, but once the oil came into the picture, there was a movement away from that. Um, I was one of the, you know, members of the African peer review mechanism that visited Nigeria and addressed Nigeria in 2008. And you could see how, you know, the country has rich uh, soil, beautiful climate, uh, but a lot of former agricultural products are now just in the wild. And I believe that that's one area where diversification of the economy but also even using the oil, even though the prices are very low at the moment, to beneficiate so that we have proper refineries. There are five products which come from petroleum and so on, so that those boost the economy, and uh, as well as really trying rural development. So Nigeria is much richer. Uh, potentially than it is at the moment. And I think that if the president focuses on that, but of course the social inequality in the country is is fairly uh, obvious and uh, terrible, Mm -hmm. just as we have in South Africa. And I think that is an area which ought to be addressed. And you only do it through a developmental approach that really tries to move away from just uh, oil um, and gas, but to move uh, towards building the economy and industrializing. The second area is that of fighting corruption, because even with the wealth that is there, there's serious corruption on, and uh, now President-elect was known during the short period that he was in office as a dictator to fight corruption. Of course, this time he will be fighting it within the laws and the constitution, not as a military dictator, but uh, he has a passion for that, and it was part of his election campaign of change, but also fighting corruption.
So I think that that affects the economy and is something very important. And another area is, of course, look at uh, the southeastern area of the country, uh, the center of oil, uh, the Niger Delta region, which I think need a lot of rehabilitation of the damaged environment in that area, pollution of water, resources, and so on, so that people can be able really to participate in the economy meaningfully. So if you were to do that, uh, it would really um, make Nigeria rise up, but also to heal some of the wounds. Last year, I would say the question of the army, which you... Um, uh, Mr. Omotola dealt with just a while is that the army has been part of the problem because it has been also sometimes uh, uh, army barracks being abandoned and uh, Boko Haram getting arms from them but also from outside but uh, I think that strengthening the, uh, the military is important not only the army, the air force uh, the navy and so on. That is critical uh, to be done. But immediately, the ordinary Nigerians want to see the girls who are drafted back, uh, uh, the former administration, which is going out now, say they knew where they were, but why have they not been brought back? And I think those are some of the priorities. Uh, that are there for the new regime that is uh, in waiting at the moment. So uh, the question we are asking you this morning, does General Muhammadu Buhari have what it takes to steer Nigeria, South uh, Africa's largest economy, away from its woes? And um, uh, speaking about the economy there, the uh, national income um, is uh, due to grow by more than 5% this year and next. But will that filter down to ordinary uh, Nigerians? Will that help alleviate the, uh, alleviate the high unemployment rates in Nigeria and so on and so forth. So tell us, what are your views on this? 891 Let's go to Aloysius in Pretoria. Good morning. Good morning, Rowena. Morning to your guests and your listeners. I think um, uh, President uh, Buhari has all it takes to revive Nigeria back to uh, its former glory. Because if he can bring back the vigor, the skill, uh, whatever it is, he took during his, his reign in less than about approximately two years to... Fight corruption during then. I think uh, Nigerian social discipline uh, was really coming back to uh, better than what it was during the time of Buhari. And uh, during the time of Buhari as well then, he engaged in infrastructure development like construction of roads. Our rail, rail lines were working. Uh, the airline industry, we still had a Nigerian Airways then. And during then, uh, the oil refineries were really functioning to their full capacity. But during the time of Obasanjo and Goodluck Jonathan, Nigeria was exporting oil to refine, them ab- to refine oil abroad and bring back oil back to the country uh, just at the expense of the populace of Nigeria, but to the benefit of few politicians to whom the contracts were given to do that. I think if he, bring, if he goes in again with what he had then, we will all be smiling in Nigeria. All right. Thank you so much, Aloysius. Uh, Chris in Joburg, good morning. Good morning, Sakina. Uh, but let's interrogate what your commentators are saying. What did he have then? 
social, what is called social discipline, was making people to frog march in public. I think that was social embarrassment, uh, uh, which was part of his uh, war on ill discipline. And really, it's actually taking away the, the, the rights of individuals. But once again, let us look at what makes up the, the, the APC. The APC is, 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 is been, is, has been made by a number of people who have come, who have deserted the John, Good Luck Jonathan and came to join uh, the president-elect Buhari uh, simply because they've been in touch with money. One newspaper, daily newspaper in Nigeria even had a, a huge caption which was went viral about dollar raining at APC convention. So that is part of his problem. How does he pull together the resources that he has so that they all share one and a common agenda? But once again, Nigeria is also a free-falling Naira. Currently, it is estimated that it's about 250 per dollar. And the poverty line is not just 50%, it is estimated at 70%. And in terms of policy, maybe we haven't had much of what difference does he make, except what difference is he proposing in terms of policy position, except this thing which is being pushed that he's going to fight uh, uh, Boko Haram. But we are waiting to see. The, my problem is, should he fail to meet his electoral promises? I suspect that the, the masses on the ground will rise against him and his regime, especially. I wonder if he will succeed in fighting corruption that the people that he has brought together only have been enticed with money. All right. Thank you so much, Chris and Joburg. Mohammed, you calling from Cape Town. Good morning. Uh, good morning. For, before I make my point about Nigeria, I just want to respond to the 600 virgin nonsense that you, your guest has spoken about. If, if you don't know nothing about Islam, please don't comment about Islam. First it was 17 virgins, now that's 600 virgins. And I, I please ask people not to make comments about Islam if you don't know anything about Islam. But coming back to the Nigerian election, you Which know... Which comment I'm, I'm, was that, Mohammed? before you continue? Yeah. Uh, uh, what exactly are you referring to? Yeah, yeah, well, the Mr. Amatollah make, made a comment that um, Boko Haram people are willing to die because, you know, they'll get 600 virgins. Now, I, I mean, first it was 70 virgins. The, some of the media were pushing out this nonsense. Now you have people bringing up to 600 virgins. I don't know where people get these stories. I mean, you know, there's a lot of things in the Bible, for example, you can talk about virgins and stuff. I, but I won't mention that because I have no right, as a Muslim, I have no right to comment about the Bible. But yet you have people commenting about Islam and they know nothing about Islam. So I just want to please ask your guest not to make comments about Islam if he's not an Islamic scholar or he hasn't learned the Quran, you know, anything about Islam. But, but you know that's back, not going to happen because there is a thing called yeah, freedom but, of know, expression. That's, that's but but let's move on to the point that you called to make, Mohammed. The Nigerian election, first of all, you know, it's a lie that um, Mr. Buhari got only votes in the north. I mean, he won Lagos, you know, one of the biggest, you know, states in, in, in Nigeria. And Lagos is an overwhelming majority Christian, the last time I've seen, is a majority Christian state. And there are many states in the south, you know, east and, and, and west, you know, we, we won, you know, which is majority Christian. So, you know, to make this um, a Muslim Christian thing, a northern and southern thing, you know, then, you know, no Nigerian president can win an election if they don't get support from all communities. So, 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 so for, for, for the gentleman to say, oh, he's just there for the Muslims, North and everything. Secondly, Boko Haram attacks are mainly against Muslims. You know, this, this fallacy that Boko Haram wants to, you know, the most people that are suffering under their attacks are Muslims. 
you know, and yet, you know, um, 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 Good Luck Jonathan allowed that to happen. And we must ask the question, why did Good Luck Jonathan allow um, Boko Haram to massacre mainly Muslims, and even the Chibokos, but many of them were Muslim, you know. So what I'm saying is, you know, why is Good Luck Jonathan wanted Boko Haram to commit crimes in the north? Because he thought if the people are displaced in the north, then, you know, you'll have a better chance in winning the elections. And I know people are going to say, oh, this is conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. But we know that, you know, it's been going nice in the south-south. The only reason we Boko, in the far south, we, 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 um, 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 Mr. Jonathan is, maybe gets overwhelming support. The rest of the country, the central, the southeast, the south, with, you know, people have turned against him. Okay. But my, my final point is this. You know, um, 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 I just hope that Mr. Buhari... Don't continue the same policies and bring in the Israelis and the Americans because wherever these forces, dark forces, go into a country, there's chaos. Just look at Libya. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Mohammed. Karim in Durban, good morning. Hello, Sakina. How are you? Well, and you? Sakina, you know, I, I, people are digressing on my subject today on the phone. It's nothing to do with Islam. What I'm trying to say is I just pray and hope that the, the new elect will work as a team with even take Jonathan in his cabinet and they both can work together because the biggest crisis that he faces at the moment in Nigeria is to get the masses support and and if he can if he can get the support of the masses and eradicate the massive I, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you it's a massive job to create to, to eliminate corruption because corruption is so rife in Nigeria at the moment and uh, the fact is if he cannot get grips of the situation now and nip in the butt is to have a big, big problem because Nigeria is the biggest economy in the world, and there's so many different avenues that he can look at. If he can, if he can cultivate a, a atmosphere of uh, where people can be safe, a message get paid. There's so much money that is being laundered from Nigeria. The leaders have been stealing left, right, and centre. If he can get to grips, because the doubt is that all these leaders come in and they make big, big promises. I'm not saying that he's doing that. But if he doesn't um, sit down and work his method out what he's going to do, Nigeria can go into a situation where we see at the moment in Sudan and all over. And the point is this, Nigeria has a lot of potential besides oil and other things like human tourism. They can cultivate tourism. But boy, but, and, and even your, your speaker said earlier, your, your, then your guest said about agriculture. They have so much of potential land for agriculture. Now, if we can sit down, I think we should get people of knowledge, people with other uh, with forces that can help him to uh, run the country in an effective way. And if you can do that, then Nigeria will be the biggest African country with the best potential. But the point is this. Okay, we got the gist of it there, Karim in Durban. AM Live on SAFM 104 to 107. I just want to run through some of the messages coming through here this morning. Uh, Hossi uh, says, uh, Buhari must unite Nigerians into one Nigeria, one people. These foreign religions have divided African people. Democracy in Africa should be by African people for African people, not Washington consensus. Mageba in Pretoria says, uh, the Western model of democracy that relies on individualism or individual leaders directly elected to the office by the voters will never deliver the much desired 
desired change in Africa. Democracy based on collective leadership in which parties are directly elected by voters will bring change and Buhari, just like Jonathan, will not bring about fundamental change to the Nigerian plight. And a few more here. Um, Lordwick says Nigeria will be peaceful if Mr. Buhari can obey Western instructions or it will forever be haunted by Boko Haram. And uh, David Mtunzi in Mabatu says the Boko Haram strategy was to use the abducted girls as hostages in an event of an attack by the Nigerian military. President Buhari is in a difficult situation. Facebook comments, uh, Vusmuzi Ngeke says, I think uh, he has a better strategy as a Muslim to stop Boko Haram and bring back our girls. Uh, Reda says Boko Haram will soon know the strength of our collective will and will uh, and commitment to rid this nation of terror and bring back uh, peace. Uh, this is a quote from Nigerian President-elect Muhammadu Buhari. And then Bomba Sumpi says, it's too early to tell. The guy has not even taken an oath yet, but people are st- already busy predicting his future leadership, like sport betting. Uh, Aubrey Sibanda says, a change is always good. And Moses Tolo says, because Nigerians voted for him, it's obvious that they will trust him. Mangaliso Ngobo, Buhari has shown that a leopard can change its spots. I believe he is capable of leading this African giant. Dumisani Tlengetwa says Buhari's military statesmanship could aggressively help fighting extremism and address endemic institutionalized corruption in Nigeria. Opa Mashishi says, uh, hope our leaders have learned from Nigeria. If your time comes to leave office, then leave it in peace. And Tiro Makudu says, Nigeria is a ticking teddy bear. I see disaster on the cards, a reformed dictator versus a rebellious uh, madman. And then um, Kailishle Kumalo says, let's give Muhammadu Bihari the benefit of the doubt. He has steered the ship before. Circumstances are different now. KG says, I don't understand uh, why people uh, who give uh, bad luck Jonathan. Uh, I don't understand people who give a bad luck Jonathan, he says, he, a heroic reception for doing the right thing. He lost. So it was the right thing to do. Vukile uh, says, hopefully Buhari's authoritarian background will assist in abolishing the notoriously insurmountable Boko Haram. Those some of your messages. Unfortunately, we are out of time. But perhaps uh, just to touch very briefly on some of the comments that were raised about Buhari's um, previous poor human rights record and also having a common purpose and the fight against corruption, Mr. Omotola. Okay. I believe that the opportunity for Buhari is has uh, come with this election. Uh, as I said, even in the southwest, you had Christians, Virginia, and even in Lagos. Obviously, he didn't get a lot of votes from the south, south, and southeast. So he has many friends there. Because a lot of people probably are still smudging from what happened in the civil war. I think that Buhari will recognize a lot of people who voted for him, 15 million and more of them. They want exactly what he said he was going to do on the campaign trail. He needs to reduce the size of government. He needs to improve infrastructure. He needs to go straight for power. We cannot have a country of 170 million people on 3,000 megawatts of electricity. It is a disgrace. And a lot of people in diaspora want to go home. Nigeria is very dynamic. They want to go back home, contribute to national development, take jobs that for, for now. Most of the jobs in Nigeria, in the oil industry, in telecoms, are being taken by people who are not Nigerians. Nigerians have those requisite skills. We contribute $22 billion 
FDI in terms of the diaspora receipts every year, and that is almost the size of our budget. So I think General Buhari will be well advised to look at those key issues going forward. Thank you so much. And Professor Shadrach Guto, your parting shot very briefly. I would say let us also congratulate uh, the outgoing president, Goodluck Jonathan, for accepting defeat and his party, really, um, and uh, meaning that there is peaceful transition which is going on. Secondly, just to say I hope that uh, the incoming president will also be a Pan-Africanist like Obasanjo because Africa now lacks leadership in pushing the regional integration and African renaissance. Uh, but also to say that the elections in Nigeria have shown us that it's not just a north-south divide that uh, Nigerians voted uh, for the incoming uh, administration, mm. uh, both in the north and the south, and that's something good for democracy in the country. I guess all that remains now is to wait and see what actually happens. Thanks to our guests this morning, Professor Shadrach Guto and Mr. Omotola, and also to you for participating as fantastically as always, the production team for making sure it went out loud and clear. And if you are driving, if you're going to be on the roads, uh, do uh, drive carefully. And with that, it's time for news with Tabile Nguato.